faithful, his own self for heavenly food. And that is what Christ has done for us and continues to do for us each day, especially this day that we have come to him to worship him, who gives himself to us as our heavenly food. What a great blessing we have in Jesus Christ. Well, if you would turn with me now in your Bibles, if you would like to follow along to Philippians chapter 2. We are continuing our in-depth look at this, what is known as a Christian hymn, many commentators point to in this letter of Philippians. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 11 to help help us to have the context that Paul sets here for us this morning. Here now the reading of the word of the Lord. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father." Ascends the reading of the word of the Lord. May he bless it to us this morning. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, this passage tells us that Christ has laid his life down on a cross, made himself a servant, and had been exalted to the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And Father, you have done this so that your glory would shine forth throughout all of your creation. That all would know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, I pray you would impress upon our hearts the message that this text has for us this morning. Prepare our hearts even now. May we attend to your word with diligence, with intent with focus, knowing that these words are words of life to us today. May your Holy Spirit work in our hearts that this, these things would not just fly away when we leave, but they would make, become fruitful in our lives. We pray that Jesus Christ would be glorified in all that is said and done this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Our text this morning is one that says about the likeness of man. I'm going to focus on this phrase that's given to us here, 
Being born in the likeness of men. One short, simple phrase. I was going to take two, and then I started writing my sermon, and then we would have been here till noon, so I decided to cut it up a little bit and shorten it to focus on this one phrase. It's appropriate, given our time of year, too, to focus on Christ being born in the likeness of men. Now, this word likeness is an interesting one. Kids, I wonder if you have ever heard this phrase growing up. I wonder if you've heard this phrase that others have said to you. Maybe it's not how many times you have heard this coming phrase, but how or how many times you have heard people say this to you. Not whether or not you've heard it, but whether you've heard people say it multiple times to you. You look just like your father. Or for you young ladies, you look just like your mother. Now, every once in a while, kids, you get the awkward one. Boys, somebody says, you look just like your mom. Or girls, somebody says, you look just like your dad. And you kind of squirm and think, no, I look like my mom or my dad, the one that is the same uh, male or female as me. But no matter what we do or say, somehow people think we look like our parents. We can't get away from it. It, uh, We can't get away from it. It is imprinted on our nature. We may not be able to stop looking like our parents, but we at least convince ourselves that we don't have to be like them. Adults, you know this. People your life told you, you look like your parents, but then you get older. And so you resolve late in your adulthood or early marriage that I will not be like my parents. Until one day when your child disobeys or complains. And then suddenly, as if out of the depths of your inner soul, out comes the words, the very same words that were regularly on the lips of your parents, that they would say to you in that exact moment of disobedience, I'll give you something to cry about. (laughs) Or you'll know the phrase that your parents use. Maybe it's not that one, it's another one. And then we sit down later and start to realize that not only do we look like our parents, We act like them too. We cannot get away from this fact of our likeness to our parents, the ones whom we are bearing the image of. Adam had sons, and in the book of Genesis, chapter 5, when it has his sons, it says that they bore his likeness. But this is important to remember this as we come to our text this morning about what Jesus does here. Because it's utterly unique what Jesus does does this morning. Before we dive into this, I want us to remember our context of where we have been. That this is a larger section here in Philippians chapter 2 where Paul is trying to encourage the Philippians and God through this text encourage us to have the mind of Christ. This same mind that was in Jesus Christ we are called to have in ourselves. This hymn, as much as it is a declaration of the work of Christ, is intended for us to have an inside look at the way that Jesus thinks. What is his mind? What is the way that he thinks? Last week we looked at the phrases, we looked at the phrases, he emptied himself and he took the form of a servant. And this morning we're going to see what it means for him to take human likeness to himself. So I would like to look at this text 
And one big point, one big point, born in the likeness of men. That first, God had an original intention for man, that he made man in his likeness. He had an original intention for us, but we turned away from that. And so God sent his son, and the second thing we'll see in this first big point is that God, in Jesus Christ, was born a man. Firstly, the original intention of man. Man was created in the likeness and image of God. This is what Genesis 1 tells us, that God, of all the creatures that he made on earth below, only man was made in his likeness. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. God made man as a kind of replica of himself. Now, we cannot be an exact replica because God cannot reproduce himself in that way. But he created something like himself. He made mankind, something that is supposed to reflect who he is. We are supposed to be like an image or a mirror reflecting what God is like. Not only in who he is as a being, God is a spirit, we also have a spirit. But as one author put it, in our demand, also as a demand upon us. We're not only supposed to show what God is like, but it is demanded of us. It is our nature to show what God is like. We must do this. That is what God created us for, is to show forth what He is like. And we have imprinted in us a sense of His deity, a sense of what God is like and our obligation to Him. This is the essence of what many of us know Romans 1 says. The beginning of Romans chapter 1 says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Many theologians have reflected on this and said, The chief way that we know about God is in ourselves. We understand that He exists by the way that we were created. Now, we're not ourselves God, And God is not in us as if we become like him in that way, but we understand what God is like because of the way that he has made us. Romans 1 continues, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived in what has been made ever since the creation of the world. Paul tells us that leaves all mankind who have turned away from God without excuse because They can know that there is a God. They can know that He is a divine being. They can know that He has eternal power. And later in chapter 1, they know that those who practice evil deserve death. Ultimately, we all know that God is holy, that God is wise, and that God is powerful, as our catechism tells us. We also know the rest of the story of what happened to man. We turned away from God, and our likeness to Him was corrupted. Instead of reflecting God's holiness, we are now unholy. Instead of being wise, mankind is foolish. And instead of being righteous, we are wicked. And the very creature that God had created to be like Him, to reflect Him, 
and all the beauty and glory that is God, instead of reflecting Him, we reflect what is hideous. We reflect what is unlike Him. Instead of our lives shining forth glory, they shine forth shame and disgrace. Our lives are ultimately clothed in this sin. The one thing that is completely antithetical to who God is. Our likeness to Him has been corrupted. But God calls us still in our beings to reflect Him. We cannot escape it. We must obey Him. And that is the very purpose for why Christ has come into this world. It is why, as this text tells us, he was born as a man, in the likeness of man. This is the second thing I would like us to see, that he was born a man. God took the likeness of man. It's the greatest wonder of all. God, seeing a man who had forsaken the glory that God had put upon him, holiness, righteousness, and justice, and God seeing mankind becoming corrupt in every part of who they are, stoops down. And in order to save those who he had chosen from all eternity, who had become utterly corrupt in their core of their being, Christ came down and took their likeness upon himself. And what we see here in the Son of God doing this is the love of God towards mankind. That he took man upon himself. The Son of God takes humanity, the likeness of God, back to him. It is not something that he utterly destroyed and got rid of forever, but instead he took it to himself forever, that he is now dwelling in a human likeness for all eternity. It was not above God to clothe himself in human nature. As our text points us that we are to have the mind of Christ, that he does not consider it robbery, or as the text tells us, that he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself and was born in the likeness of men. The book of Hebrews spells this out clearly for us. Chapter 2 says, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. And chapter 4 continues on that theme, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And Romans demonstrates this clearly as well. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. This is the purpose for why Christ took on our likeness to Himself. His purpose was to humble Himself, 
that he might redeem us who were lost in our sin, might bring us back to himself, that he could be our high priest to lead us back to the worship of God. But it's more than this. It's what our text shows us this morning, that in taking his likeness to himself and being born as a man, he is now calling us to show forth his likeness. This is what Jesus Christ does, is that Colossians tells us that we are created anew in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And we are now called to reflect his likeness. And that is the call of this passage that Paul has in mind. Have this mind which is in Christ Jesus. You want to reflect God? Reflect Jesus Christ as he is presented to you in this passage. But what is this likeness that Jesus Christ took? Yes, it is a likeness of man, but it is a part of this larger section here of him taking the form of a servant. Yes, he took man to himself, but he took the form of a servant. And that is the pattern that Christ has laid out for all of us. And we see this pattern all throughout the New Testament. Even in the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah proclaims the servant of the Lord would come in Jesus Christ. We saw it last week in the song of Mary. Mary proclaimed, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. Paul, speaking of the apostles and those who ministered to the church beside him, said this, This is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ Jesus and stewards of the mystery of God. That this is our calling. This is how we reflect our God in Jesus Christ as servants. Ephesians chapter 4 is to the call to put on the new self created in the likeness of God and in true righteousness and holiness. And this is what Jesus Christ has given to us in his incarnation. Salvation in himself from our sins and bringing us to heaven with God. But he has also shown to us in himself What it means to be like God. To give oneself as a servant. I'd like to return to that phrase at the beginning that we humorously looked at. You look like your father. See, as children we might think that's something that we don't want to hear. But as children of God, that is the most important thing that we could ever hear. That we look like our Father. The greatest blessing that we could have ever pronounced over us is that you look like your Father. It means all of our shame and disgrace that we have brought ourselves into has been covered by Jesus Christ. Our sins are hidden from Himself. 
But not only that, that we are holy and pure in His sight. You look like your Father. That who we are is restored to who God made us to be. And that is what you and I have freely given to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus said to one of the disciples, Have I been with you so long, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. It is in Jesus Christ who took our likeness to himself, taking that upon himself, suffering in his body the punishment for our sins, and bringing us to God as an offering pleasing to him. Reflecting back to God the likeness that God sought from mankind. That this morning, that is what you have freely from Jesus Christ. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, then that is what belongs to you. That you have a new likeness. The likeness of Christ. So brothers and sisters this morning, yes, there is a call for us to reflect our Savior in all that we do and all that we say. But Jesus Christ gives that freely to us in Himself so that He can say to us, you look like my Father because in us we have Him. We have Jesus Christ. So today, look to Jesus Christ. Rest in Him. Rest in who He is for you. Know the blessing that Jesus Christ has given to you when He was born in the likeness of men. Let's pray.